Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people, just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, for those of you who've been with us, we are in the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon has also been referred to as the Song of Songs. Solomon was a... uh, He wrote a lot of of Proverbs, and he also wrote a lot of songs. He wrote over a thousand songs. And this Song of Songs is his best one. It's been described as the greatest love story of all. One of the greatest books of the Bible when it comes to to expressing the love of Christ for each one of us. It's a love story of a young uh, bride and a bridegroom, but it's also a love story of Christ for His church. And it's also a love story of Christ for each one of us. The bride is um, um, one of the, one of the uh, characters in the story, and it's also the, um, uh, a reference to the church. The church has been called the bride of Christ. And throughout the Old Testament, Christ was referred to as the bridegroom. And of course, um, it's a way of looking at this story on several different levels, but it's also a way of teaching all of us um, a dimension of Christ's love and puts it in a way where we can understand it and puts it in a way where we all can identify with it and when you see the love <clears throat> that the bridegroom has for his bride, uh, you can begin to identify with the amount and the depth of the love that Christ has for each one of us. And of course, in the Old Testament, as we as we looked, um, the the bride was unfaithful uh, earlier, as the people of the nation of Israel uh, turned away. Uh, from uh, the the teachings of God, and in the book of um, Jeremiah, the the uh, uh, Christ was referred to as the as the bridegroom, um, and the the people, the nation of Israel, was referred to as the bride. And as the the people of Israel turned away to foreign gods and to foreign powers and allegiances with foreign powers, and as the nation began to become broken up and to be taken into slavery by different nations, uh, the 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 bridegroom's heart was was so saddened, and you begin to see 
the, the, the heart of the Father in heaven for the nation of Israel. But just in that same vein, <clears throat> the Father in heaven promises that he would return for his bride. And of course, the references is to Christ returning as a bridegroom uh, would come back as the custom was in the day when you were um, uh, pledged to be married. There would be a point in the marriage ceremony when the when the uh, bridegroom would leave, and of course there would be all kinds of excitement with the bride and her family and all the all her friends as to when the bridegroom would return to claim his bride. So that was kind of a customary thing, but it's sort of it's built into the narrative of the Old Testament. The bridegroom would customarily leave and then return back. And it's again, it's a reference in this story in the Song of Solomon that the, the bride was just so excited for the return of the bridegroom. And isn't that a picture of, of the hearts of the proper response for a, for a, a bride who loves uh, the bridegroom to be so excited for the return of the bridegroom? Just as we should still be so excited every day in anticipation of the return of our bridegroom, of the return of Christ to reestablish his church, his bride on earth. And so it's a, it's a, it's a dive into the hearts, not only of Christ, but also of the church back to Christ. And it's a dive into the heart of the Lord Jesus as he loves each one of us. And it's a it's sort of an a, a introspective dive into our hearts as we uh, anticipate our Lord Jesus' return back to earth. And McGee always asks, how much love do you have in your heart? How much excitement do you have in your heart every day about waiting for the return of Jesus Christ? That's the um, the looking into it. It should be like an, an excited bride during a time of, of celebration, anticipating this return. So that's the, the stage that is being set uh, as we continue in looking at chapter 4. And the bridegroom is um, taking a minute to describe his bride. And he says, verse uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are dove, are doves behind your veil. He's saying, Behold, these are the eyes of Christ. These are the eyes of Christ gazing at his bride. This is his church. These are the people that he laid his life down for. This is you and me. These are his believers, his, his, each one of his members of his church. And he's talking about the bride of Christ. He's talking about his bride, how beautiful his bride is. Now, in reality, his bride originally was in sin, but this is that's how much love he had for this bride, the unfaithful bride that he laid down his life for this bride, for his church. He laid down his life for you and me too. For each one of us, he laid down his life. And once that happens and his sacrifice washes us of our sins and, and sanctifies us, 
we have the righteousness of Christ now that lives in us as His Holy Spirit lives in us. And so now, we are not ugly in our sin. We are beautiful in His righteousness that lives in us. And so in Christ, we are beautiful, we are pure, we are sinless. And he says, behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, he says it twice. Behold, you are beautiful. And then he says, your eyes are doves behind your veil. He he he, come, he talks about her eyes. Now, eyes being uh, reference to doves. Now, doves were uh, a sign of purity back in the day. Back in those days, uh, doves would have been an uh, a little bird that would be sometimes offered in sacrifice. Now, lambs and goats would be offered in sacrifice too, or uh, the calves could be in, in offered in sacrifice. But at the time, it was um, it was an offering of one's possessions as a fragrant offering um, back to Christ, back to the God the Father. But for those who didn't have the funds, who didn't have money to pay for a goat or a sheep or anything like that, if they didn't have the the, the funds for for those to, to own those type of of animals, the doves were another sign of purity. But also, the doves were much more affordable. Joseph and Mary, they were very, um, they had come from a really common background. But that would be. That will that that's what they sacrificed when they offered uh, honor to God the Father in heaven. Now, uh, doves would have been something that this young girl would have related to because, as we've said, this love story it's um, uh, between this bride and bridegroom is like a Cinderella love story. Like a Cinderella, the bridegroom had fallen in love with a Shulamite uh, girl. That would have been a country girl. That This girl was working in the vineyards and with sheep. And of course, the uh, uh, bridegroom was working in the fields as well. They had that in common. And this would have been uh, an animal, uh, a, a bird, a, a, a dove that she would have related to. But again, another reference uh, to each one of us, when our eyes are like doves, when our eyes are referenced to holy sacrifices, when we focus our eyes on our Lord Jesus, when our eyes are focused on Him, when our hearts are centered on Him, not not on earthly things or not on um, things won't, that won't last, but when our eyes are placed on our Lord Jesus Christ, they're like doves. Our eyes are like a righteous offering to Him. It's like we are uh, uh, in an act of worship when our eyes are focused on our Lord Jesus. We honor Him just that much, just as the bridegroom is so honored when the bride focuses her eyes on Him that doesn't you can relate doesn't that make the bridegroom feel so good when someone pays so much attention to him when the bride is only focused on him and not focused on anyone else the bridegroom is honored and we do the same thing we honor our lord jesus 
when we focus our eyes on Him and nothing else, and we don't put our eyes on all the other worries of the day or all the things that we put our faith in, all the things of, of, uh, in our own life, of what we want and not necessarily what He wants for us. So we, we honor Him so much when we focus on Him. Our eyes are like doves. And he goes down and he starts describing her her hair and her teeth and her neck and different, you know, her physical uh, attributes. But this is what, as McGee says, this is the bridegroom honoring his bride with his um, his um, adulation for her. But these are personal um, personal uh, comments, and this is a way that we know that. The Lord Jesus knows each one of us so personally. We have a we have a a, a a God in heaven that knows us personally. McGee's always said that that Christianity is not a religion; it's a relationship. And we have a, a Father in heaven that that knows us intimately and per and personally. And as McGee points out, when we pray, we can pray about the things that that matter to us, the secrets of our inner hearts, the things that, that bother us, the things that our Father in Heaven knows that we need to talk about. We can say those things. Why? Because we have someone that knows us just this much. And down in verse 6, um, the bridegroom is still speaking, and he says, Until the day breathes, and the shadows flee. I will go away to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. What's he talking about here? The mountain of myrrh. Well, the mountain of myrrh, as McGee points out, is the cross of Christ. The mountain of myrrh. Myrrh was a a, a, a spice, and it was used in in the burial. And they prepared his body with myrrh after it was on the cross. So the mountain, the cross of Christ on this big, on this hill, the mountain of myrrh, he will go there and the hill of frankincense, that is the aroma, that is the, the honored body and the life now of Christ. It's the hill of frankincense. The mountain of myrrh, which Christ dies on, becomes a hill of frankincense. It becomes an aroma of Christ because Christ overcomes death. And so that mountain of myrrh now becomes a hill of frankincense, a hill that is all about life and not about death. Can you imagine how scary it was for uh, the nation of Israel to be occupied by by uh, the Roman army and how uh, cruel this army was to the people. They would be uh, setting people on fire. You know, I think they, they, they call that Roman candles. You know, they would tie somebody up who, who uh, had been uh, uh, causing trouble and uh, they would just put them up on a, on a pedestal, pour uh, oil on them and then just set them on fire so they could hear them scream. That's how some nights the, the, the cities were lit by um, corpses of people who had been doused uh, with um, with oils just to to make their bodies burn, just like torches, just like just like torches would burn for for hours. They would they would uh, just 
uh, th- this is how cruel things life was, and if you believed in in, uh, I mean they would they would uh, uh, they would do this in the streets of Rome, uh, as well, when the Christians there were were um, um, professing their faith, they would try to put that down by putting Christians up there and uh, um, setting them on fire to, to light <clears throat> the the city the cities at night. How terrifying that must be if you were walking through in those days or to be fed to to lions, to be mauled. How terrifying that would be. Well, the mountain of myrrh, the cross of Christ, death has now been overcome by the fragrant aroma of the life of Christ that we have. Our mountain of myrrh is now a hill of frankincense. Verse 7, you are altogether beautiful, my love. He says it again, altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. In other words, there's no sin. Christ's sacrifice on the cross has not only defeated death, but because it's defeated sin. And we now have no flaw in us because we have the righteousness of Christ in us. This love of Christ is spoken of in Ephesians. Remember when we were studying in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, he says, and Paul is speaking about how if we were to live, he says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So Christ was the sacrifice. Christ was the fragrance of the mountain of myrrh. Christ was the fragrance of the frankincense. That's how much Christ loved the church. That's how much this love of this bridegroom is for his his bride. It's McGee points out that sometimes we just take for granted how much love Christ has for us. He says we'd be so sad if we could understand how much love Christ has for us, how deeply we are loved. It takes that much love to go to the cross. And this love that this bridegroom has for his bride, we see it uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, when Paul is writing about uh Husbands and wives. He says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is the this is the bridegroom giving himself up for the unfaithful bride, because he loved this bride so much that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. That's the word of God. And of course the word of God was referred to as Jesus Christ Himself. As it said in John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. That's talking about Jesus. So that, back in Ephesians 5.27, so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And see, that's what the bridegroom is talking about his bride now. He says, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. That's back down to verse 7. 
He saves us by His blood and He sanctifies us by His word as just like washing of water. We are washed. We are clean. We are new. We are sanctified. We are beautiful in His love, in His righteousness, without flaw. Isn't that beautiful? So that is a beautiful picture of a love story of this bride for the bridegroom, but also for our Father in heaven for us, our Lord Jesus Christ for us, His church. And in Hebrews, we we see a reflection on Hebrews um, chapter, chapter 9, verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offer himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It's the blood of Christ. It's the sacrifice of Christ for us. And now with the eternal spirit, he offered himself without blemish to God. So we're purified just like this bride uh, is purified from dead works to serve the living God. Beautiful, beautiful story. So we'll drop down to verse 9. Again, now the the bridegroom is again speaking about his bride. He says, You have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils than any spice. This is again looking at how much Christ loves us. He loves us so much, his heart is captivated. And my sister, my my sister, my bride, it's my sister is a reference of uh, a term of endearment. My love, my sister, those are things that it's just, it's another term of endearment um, that that a bridegroom would be describing his bride. With one look of of your eyes, when your eyes, when our eyes are focused on Christ, we honor him so much. And his heart is captivated so much when our eyes are on him. That's the love that he has for us. It's a sacrificial love for us. And because of his sacrifice, because of that for us, we are blameless and lovely and beautiful because of his righteousness. And this love that he has is better than any wine and the fragrance better than any spice. And so then we drop down to verse 16. It says, Awake, O north wind, and come, O south wind. Blow upon my garden, let its spices flow. And these are references to they they were in this garden, and this garden with the best fruits and the best fragrances, and this fountain of living water. It's almost like a reference back to the Garden of Eden, back to the pure uh, environment that the Father in heaven had made for us to dwell in. And it is purity because now uh, it has um, it has been purified by the love that Jesus Christ has. 
And it's also uh, a reference to the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit would have been love, joy, and peace, as we were studying in Galatians. So the fruits of the Spirit that grow in the garden of Christ, that is the, that is the completeness, the peace that we have in Him. We have a, a, a picture of abundance without any need. And so when he says, awaken the, the winds, this is a, sort of a reference to the gospel of Christ, to let Christ's love, Christ's fragrance for all of us go out to the, all the world, to the north wind and the south wind, blow upon my garden and let its spices flow. In other words, let this love of Christ be extended to all. So then we'll drop down um, at the end of verse 16, let my beloved come into his garden and eat its choicest fruit. And then he says, uh, then the, the bridegroom responds, I came to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gathered my myrrh with my spice, ate my honeycomb with honey. I drank my wine with my milk. Eat, friends, drink, be drunk with love. So in other words, this is, a, this is a reference to the abundance that we have in the garden of Christ with the fruits of the Spirit of Christ, with the love of Christ. And the references to being full and filled and even to the point of drunk uh, with the abundance, drunk with love, the abundance uh, that you have with Christ's love for each one of us, the love that the bridegroom has for the bride. Now, we have um, a response of the bride here back in, uh, we're in chapter 5, verse 2. I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is wet with the dew, for my locks with the drops of the night. So in other words, this is the bridegroom speaking, and she was sleeping, but she woke up and she heard a sound at the door, and it was her beloved knocking on the door. And he's saying, open the door. And again, it's a reference to Christ as he was teaching. He says, behold, you know, um, I'm knocking at the door. If anyone hears the sound and, and opens, they would have his love. I stand at the door and knock. It's the reference of Christ. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 8, he says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 36, he says, And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. And in Revelation, we see Revelation 3.20. This, I think, is, the, is a, another reference to knocking on the door. This is a revelation that when the, when the, when the um, bridegroom returns to claim the bride, when Jesus Christ returns 
to reclaim his church and reestablish his church on earth. It's like the bridegroom coming back for the bride. In Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. This is another reference to Jesus standing at the door and knocking. The bridegroom hears the sound of the bride, excuse me, the bride hears the sound of the bridegroom outside the door knocking. This is the church that is waiting for the bride, for Jesus Christ to come back to reclaim his church. That's like the bridegroom standing at the door and knocking. And when we open the door, when we open the door of our hearts, Jesus is standing at the door to knock. And he will come into us. He will come into our hearts in abundance. I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. It's another reference to he being in you and you being in him. And it's a reference to eating with one another as we were talking about earlier in in this uh, in chapter 5. It's this fellowship that we have with Jesus of eating with abundance that we have in Christ. And then the bridegroom says, I put on my garment. How could I put it on? I had bathed my feet. How could I soil them? My beloved put his hand to the latch and my heart was thrilled within me. Now, they had doors and they had little ways that you could put your hand in there and open the latch from the outside so that you can um, come in. And as custom, if you really wanted to show your affection, you would, as you reached your hand in the door, you would put uh, fragrant oils on the door handle. Okay? So, then in verse 4, it says, My beloved put his hand to the latch, and my heart was thrilled within me, and I rose to open to my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, and my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. Okay, so the bridegroom had reached his hand to the door and had put myrrh, had put the aromatic oil there on the handle. It was an expression of love. Okay, it's an expression of love for the for the um, for the bride as the bridegroom stands outside the door and knocks. But it's also an expression um, that you have been sanctified because the myrrh was used. And Jesus' offering for his bride as he lays down his life for his bride. So this is not only a customary thing, part of the story, but it's also, for us, it's, a sancti- it's, a, it's another reference to the bridegroom sanctifying his church. So, a beautiful uh, uh, love story just continues. Uh, just a beautiful uh Uh, deep dive into the heart of Jesus Christ for each one of us, for his church. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And uh, I'll turn the podcast over to Matali. Take it away. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verses 1, all the way to verse 16. And chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. So, um, 
This is the song of the bridegroom. So this is the love song of Christ. This is a song of um, the bridegroom, a song of love of the bridegroom to his bride, um, a song of love um, of Christ to the church and to the believers. So um, it's the spirit of God that's showing um, the love of Christ for the church and for the individuals. So um, this is what this particular teaching today is going to talk about. So if we go to Ephesians, um, you know, scripture says, as Christ loved the church, he gave himself for it and that he might um, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So um, Christ has already cleansed us and um, he cleansed us by his blood and through the forgiveness of sins um, by the sacrifice that he, um, was actually made when he when he was sacrificed on the cross and died for us. So he will sanctify us um, and cleanse us with the word of God so that um, he may present to us um, without spot or blemish. So if we refer to um, verse 1 of chapter 4, Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. So um, here scripture is talking about um, us being presented without spot or wrinkle or blemish. Because we're already cleansed by his um, blood and we're already forgiven um, our sins by the sacrifice of Christ. Um, Christ will sanctify us, so the word sanctifies us and cleanses us. So, um, you know, we ought not to be ignorant um, of the word of God because, um, you know, the word of God is where we draw strength and we draw knowledge from, and the word of God is what actually cleanses us because, um, you know, Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it, um, that we might be sanctified and cleansed and, um, and that, um, it's, it's the washing away of water by the word, um, of, of, of God that we are actually cleansed and sanctified. So Christ wants us to, to be pure without spot or blemish when the church and the individual are presented to him. Um, when he comes um, during his second coming. So, verse 1, it looks at the minute description of, um, you know, of the Shulamite girl. And um, it reveals that Christ knows us and we can just go forth to him and tell him everything that's in our hearts, tell him all our weaknesses and all, instead of trying to use, um, you know, different forms of, like, um, 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 you know, all these you know, little um, trickery and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, to try and correct ourselves. We try and go for, um, you know, to, to go and see a psychiatrist and a psychologist because we feel um, we are not adequate enough. Christ is the solution to all our problems. And um, if we take everything that's in our hearts to Christ, you know, all our weaknesses, because Christ knows each and every minute detail about us. And, you know, we can go on, to Christ with the same 
particular problem every day. You know, no matter how many times we go to him, he will listen to us. And um, in his own good time, um, he will give victory. Not in our time, but in his own good time. When he feels we're ready, he will give victory. Because Christ is rich in mercy. We can go to him so many times. Uh, we can fall so many times. Um, but if we always go back and look up to the Father, because he is the true vine, um, he is rich in mercy. And um, he will lift us up and, 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 and he will forgive us. And we, as long as we keep going back to him and we believe in him, we have faith in him, um, you know, like the, 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 uh, because he, he intends to actually make us pure, without spot or without wrinkle or without blemish. So we can continuously keep going to him no matter how many times we fall. But we have to go back to our Father because he has that much love, a love that we cannot even begin to comprehend, um, you know, as, 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 um, as humans. So, um, so here um, he gives minute description of um of 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 um of the bride so verse 2 goes on to read your teeth are like um a flock of um shorn sheep which have come up from the washing every one of which bears twins and none is barren among them your lips are like a strand of scarlet and your mouth is lovely and your temples behind your veil are like a piece of pomegranate. So these are minute descriptions. These are intimate details of um, the bridegroom to his bride. So this is how well Christ knows us because he loves us so much. So if we relate it in, in, in like a marriage, you find um, in marriages today, um, you know, people fall in love with like the minute details of somebody like when they're meeting somebody for the first time they say oh hey i like the, your neck i like your ears you know it's the minute details and this is how much christ actually loves us so if i drop down to verse six it says um, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away i will go my way to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense so the mountain of myrrh and the, and the hill of frankincense this is the life this is the birth and death of Christ. You know, Myrrh represents um, the death of Christ because he was um, he was anointed with um, he was um, sorry he he um, his body was um, smeared with myrrh at his death in the tomb of Joseph. And when he was born, um, you know, one of the gifts that were given to Christ was um, frankincense. So Christ is the fragrance of our lives. So um, you know, until the day breaks, we ought to go to um, to this place. You know to where Christ is. So this is the place we need to go to for the solution to all our problems, the cross of Christ, this at the mountain, this is at the cross of Christ. Um, this is the life um, of Christ, the myrrh and the frankincense. So we know him um, in his glorious resurrection. Um, we know um, the resurrected Christ. So um, the answer is in the word of God and um, we ought to sit down at the round table um, where we have been invited and um, feast with him. So verse 9 and 10 um, go on to read, You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse? How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes? than all the spices so here he is speaking um 
of the bride, you know, the believers. This is how much love he has for us. And only the Spirit of God can make, a, can, can, can make this love real. So if we accept the Spirit of God in us, this love um, can be made real. This fellowship, this intimate relationship with God. So he loves us. God loves you and me. And we cannot begin to comprehend how much he actually loves us. So verse 16, if I drop all the way down to verse 16... Um, this, um, the bride speaks, the bride responds to, um, you know, the love that, um, is being proclaimed, um, by the bridegroom. So, um, and the verse reads, awake O north wind and come O south wind blow upon my garden that its spices, that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. So um, here, if we look at, um, you know, if we look at John 13, chapter 13 through to um, chapter 17, this is uh, when Christ was in the upper room and was sharing a meal with his disciples during the last hour before um, he was betrayed by Judas. Um, he was revealing to them um, you know, the word of God and scripture and all. And you know, the disciples kept on interrupting him and um, asking him um, to try and understand what he was talking about. Like, how was the word going to go out to them? Like, whatever Christ was telling them, they were asking him, but you're telling us all these things. What about the world out there? Um, so, you know, the bride responds, awake or north wind. The north wind is a cold wind. Um, and, um, you know, um, it, 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 when it blows, um, you will feel it. And... Um, it's, it's, it may, you know, it may blow, when, and when it blows, it's going to blow out that fragrance of Christ. It's like Christ is, there is the, the Shulamite girl is saying, you know, like, let's go out there and sow the seed, and let's go out there and send and spread the message, you know, so because Christ is the fragrance of, of um, it's supposed to be the fragrance of our lives, you know, that the spices may, fl that the spices may flow out. Um, let my beloved come to his garden and eat of um, it's pleasant fruits. So let the fruits of the Spirit dwell in us and let us go out there and prophesy the word of God. Let us go out there and sow the seed and spread the word and do service for God. Let the north wind blow the, so that the, the fragrance of the spices may be felt. Let Christ's word be felt out there. Um, let his 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 let his word be known. Go out there and make disciples of men. This is what Christ said to his disciples. To, to his disciples when he was rising. So chapter 5, um, this is the groom's response. Um, and, um, you know, it reads, um, verse 1 reads, I have come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Oh, eat, friends, drink, yes, drink deeply, oh, beloved ones. So, um, you know, here we need to fellowship with Christ. You know, oh, eat, friends, drink and be merry. We need to sit at that round table, you know, that round table that King Solomon sat on and invited, you know, the intimate, the close people, to, the, the people who are close to him, his friends. So, um, you know, we need to sit 
uh, at the feet of Christ and follow his feet. We need to sow the seed. We need to get the word out there. So here it says, Oh, come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered, gathered my myrrh and my spices. You know, he's the fragrance of Christ. Um, I have eaten my honeycomb with the with my honey. I have drunk with my wine. Oh, eat, friends, drink. Yes, drink deeply, my beloved ones. So Christ is calling us to fellowship with him, to sit at the table with him. So uh, let us fellowship with Christ so that, um, you know, so that our joy may be filled. You know, John said this, um, you know, um, you know, like, let our joy, let our joy be filled. Let our cup be filled. Let, let Christ satisfy us because he's the only one who can satisfy our souls. He's the only one who can satisfy our lives. So, um, you know, we need to have, we need to be merry and have fun while fellowshipping with Christ. You know, you and me as Christians, are we having fun? We're supposed to have fun. It's not, it's not supposed to be a, a somber mood because, you know, at the end of the day, we have been promised eternal life. We have been promised that joy and fulfillment, you know, in our souls that we so seek every day. And only Christ can, 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 has the solution to all our problems. You know, if we have good health, Let's go out there and, and spread the word. You and I, if you, you can see, you can walk. You know, let's jump for joy and, and go out there and sow the seed and spread the gospel, spread the word. So um, verse 2 of chapter 5, this is the fourth song. So this is the bride speaking. So, um, and it reads, um, I sleep, but my feet, I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is um, the voice of my beloved. He knocks, saying, Open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. So he has been there. He has been working. He has been busy. He has been working. Um, and, you know, we ought to be alert. So the groom has been busy and, um, you know, and, you know, he's, he's, he's knocking on the hearts of our doors to tell us, wake up, don't stay in bed. You know, the good news, spread the good news, go out there and sow the seed. So, um, verse three goes on to read, I have taken off my robe. This is the bride responding. How can I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How can I defile them? So, um, you know, as Pastor J.V. McGee had pointed out, you know, back in the day, um, you know, their homes were, um, you know, the floor was uh was gravel so you know before going to bed um people used to wash their feet and then now get into bed uh, without soiling the the beddings but now the bride is you know christ is knocking on the door and um you know he's saying open the door and she's saying i'm already in bed how can i get up so you know today as christians get up go out there don't be a sleeping christian do service for god this is what scripture is actually telling us so verse 4 goes on to read, My beloved put his hand by the latch of the door, and my heart yearned for him. I rose to open um, for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. So, um, you know, according to Pastor J Dr. J.V. McGee again, he had said, you know, a long time ago, there was a hole in the door um, where... Um, if 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 um if some if, if if a gentleman wanted to go and see his love um he would um so there was a door leading to the knob inside in order for that door to open so in that hall they used to put you know sweet smelling myrrh and 
frankincense and, and you know, all these sweet-smelling fragrances. And, um, you know, this particular hall was filled with the myrrh and frankincense. And if you open the door, um, you know, your hands would be covered with um, the, the, the fragrances. So... If we open the door, we will experience the sweetness of his fragrance. If we open the door to our hearts, Christ is knocking. He has put the myrrh and the frankincense so that we can smell it, so that we can experience it. So Christ is knocking on the doors of our hearts. You know, open the doors of our hearts. Look. Um, and, and this love can only be felt if we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Because, um, you know, upon Christ's resurrection, he said he was going to send a helper. And this was the Holy Spirit that he was actually going to send down here to actually um, help us understand and guide us. You know, so for whatever you cannot understand, you know, seek uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit dwell in, in our hearts. Let us open the hearts, let us open the doors of our hearts and allow Christ in our hearts so that we can experience that sweet-smelling fragrance. So this was the... Um, the fourth song of the bride, very brief and very short. Uh, this is an encouragement for us to actually experience the sweet-smelling fragrance, to open the hearts of our, to open the doors of our hearts, so that we allow Christ in, so that we can fellowship with Him. We can actually, um, you know, we can only not only stay at Christ's feet, but we can also follow Him. We can go out there and sow the seed. We can um, acquire knowledge through Scripture. We can be um, made whole and pure and fair. Uh, because we are already cleansed by the blood and we um and we receive forgiveness by his sacrifice but um we we have been promised to be sanctified and um through his word so um you know as christians let us let us have christ in our hearts let us open the hearts let us open the doors of our hearts for christ and let us experience the myrrh and the frankincense let, let us experience christ's life in our hearts and let us go out there and sow the seed and spread the gospel spread the good news that you know jesus christ is lord and he has arisen so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening in have a great wednesday and god bless Thank you.